Samuel chapter 22. Over these coming Sunday evenings, we'll finish off uh, this wonderful book, um, split into two, first and two, uh, Samuel, a few things left to say in the remaining chapters, and amazingly, somehow or other, um, 51 verses tonight, so um, all the best. 2 Samuel 22, this is God's word. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent men you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemies, bolts of lightning, and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me, he drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes that were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? 
It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them to the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets." You have delivered me from the attacks of my people. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know are subject to me, and foreigners come cringing to me. As soon as they hear me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, the rock, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From violent men you rescued me. Therefore I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Amen. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for that word. We pray that you would speak to us through it this evening, that you would encourage us, that you would build us up, that you would strengthen us, that you would remind us that you are our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. Lord, I pray tonight that the words of these lips, the meditation of all of our hearts, might be acceptable in your sight, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The picture in a newspaper many years ago caught my attention. Uh, above the caption, Strongman, was a photo of a workman displayed to, uh, uh, displaying what seemed to be uh, some superhuman strength. He appeared to be lifting a piano up towards the second floor of a building. An explanation under the picture, plus one discernible clue, however, told the unseen story. By looking closely, I could see a cable attached to the piano. The real power to lift it was coming from a crane above rather than from the man below. That scene reminded me of the way the Lord works in and through those who trust in Him. Looking at our circumstances, we don't always see God, yet He is there. God revealed this truth to men like David, whose psalm of deliverance, whose song of salvation is recorded in the book of 2 Samuel. Those who observed David might have attributed much of what he did to his own effort, but he knew uh, that it was the Lord who made him strong. God was providing strength from above, even as his servant acted and struggled in obedient faith below and so as David nears the end of his life, we find him singing a song of praise. Tonight, as we return to 2 Samuel, we find David's song of salvation. 
We've experienced much over the months as we've journeyed through the book of Samuel, looking for a king. The book starts with a song of praise, uh, Hannah's song, and now it draws to a close with a song of praise, this time David's songs of praise, you might say, bookend this book. And how significant that two books full of burden and bloodshed are bracketed by praise. No matter how dark the days, how painful the memories, we can always praise the Lord. And I want you to remember that, friends, for we each face much in life, and and much of it can be a struggle, and the shadows hang large over us. But our God is greater than all of that, and He has been with us through it all, and He still reigns on high. So we too can sing even in the rain, even through the pain. David's life has been laid bare before us as well. He's described as a man after God's own heart, the only person to be given that accolade in all of Scripture. We've seen the shepherd boy grow into a soldier and then become sovereign. We've witnessed him as a singer, and yet we are so acutely aware that he is a sinner yet he recognizes the faithfulness of God. God it is who has saved him, sustained him, strengthened him, and secured him. And it is to those themes that he turns as he sings a song of salvation to God, as he declares uh, the glory and majesty of his God. You'll remember that God was his merciful deliverer in the previous chapter. In fact, he's been that throughout David's life. David is fresh now from war with the Philistines where God had helped him uh, defeat uh, four separate enemies. David also looks back on his life and sees God's hand in delivering him from Saul. That's what he says in verse 1. It says, David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now commentators debate uh, when this song was actually uh, written I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of that because actually that doesn't concern me quite so much as the fact that I am interested in the fact that here at the end of his life, David chooses to sing this song. Whether he wrote it years ago and he's singing it again or whether he's just written it now is irrelevant to me. He recognizes God's goodness and God's grace in the present. He remembers God's deliverance. And he simply wants to acknowledge God's role in leading him through. All the great victories weren't David's. They were God's. God is the only one worthy of his praise. And this, out of interest, is virtually all of Psalm 18 as well, with a few scribal differences between the two. So let's spend a few moments tonight looking at the key themes in David's song of salvation. We begin by looking to the God who saves Verse 2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. From violent men you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. Now I need to tell you in the study this week, I very nearly stopped there and prepared a sermon just on those verses. They are incredibly rich. David knows who his God is, and as he starts to sing, it all just pours out. 
And it's not just a repeated phrase or line like one uh, of the many modern worship songs that you read uh, and, and hear out there, God, you are good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would ever write a song like that, by the way, except somebody did, apologies if you know that person. David tells us in great detail why he is praising God. I'm so glad that we sing the songs that we sing and the depth and the depth of doctrine that is within so many of them, even those last two that we sung before we, we started reading God's word there, the depth and the riches of speaking of our Lord, that rock and that redeemer. Friend, when was the last time you stopped and reflected on God and all he has done in your life and started to sing to let it all out in praise? Do it. Do it one day. Take five minutes. Stop and just start to think. And maybe if your voice isn't great like mine, go somewhere where nobody can hear you and just start singing God's praise. And I promise you, you'll just sing and sing and sing as you recall how great your God is. David here speaks of a very personal relationship with the Lord. Ten times in these three verses, David uses the possessive personal pronoun, my he is talking about the relationship that he has with God, and he lets us know that it is so personal. David didn't just know about God. He knew God. He didn't live in what others told him. He knew God for himself. He spent time in his presence. He experienced his power at work in his life, employing a handful of symbols here. David speaks of God as his place of safety. He is David's rock or lofty crag, perhaps. No doubt David had spent much of his time standing upon such crags, looking down from the lofty heights, knowing that he was virtually inaccessible to his enemies up there. God is David's fortress, his stronghold. He is David's shield, the horn of his salvation. These aren't just mere images these are the very means employed uh, by, to, by God to save David's life from the hand of his enemies. And now David urges us to look behind these means which God employed to God himself. It is God who delivers us. It is God who is our protector, our deliverer. He is our place of safety. Have you figured out yet that the only place of safety in this world is in our Lord. What a blessing to know him who is our safe place. It was Robert Young who told me years ago that the safest place to be is right in the heart of God's will for you. Whether that happens to be in the middle of a neighborhood like Cornton, or whether that actually happens to be uh, in Kabul. Scary. But the safest place to be is in the very presence of God where God wants you to be, where God is. When trouble came into David's life, he knew where to turn as well. Verses five and six tell us that the waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The, stairs, the snares of death confronted me. David knew all of this in very real detail. His life had been one spent fighting battles and running from his enemies. He has had to run. He's had to hide. He's had to face giants out with, and he's struggled with his own giants within, and he's overcome. And he overcame because, verse 7, 
In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. When trouble came, David called on the Lord, and God heard his cry and delivered him. There were many times in David's life when the gates of the city were closed off to him. There were times when he couldn't get into Jerusalem, nor could he run to the tabernacle. But even when the cities of earth were closed to him and offered no help or no hope, the gates of heaven, even the very throne room of God, were open to his cry. When he lifted his cry to God, God heard him and moved in power to help him. Friends, know your God personally. Know his character. See him at work in your life. Uh, know him as a place of safety, of security. Uh, David, know him as the God who saves, quite simply. David is saying here that the Lord is all he needs in a time of trouble. He's experienced it over and over. The Lord is his savior and his sanctuary. He is his stability, his shield, his salvation, his stronghold. And friends, God is all of that for you as well. I know life is overwhelming. I know there are points when you feel that you are drowning, but you are safe in God. The writer to the Proverbs got it right in Proverbs 18 and 10 when he said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. If you're struggling, Run to your God. Find your safety in him. David then recounts how it felt for God to hear and to answer, for God to deliver him. He says in verse 8 through 20 that it was like a great thunderstorm being released over the, uh, over the earth. David describes God's intervention as an earthquake followed by lightning, fire, and smoke. God responded in a way that signaled his sovereignty over all creation. The Lord was angry. Against the backdrop of the black sky, the Lord swooped down in a cloud propelled by the cherubim. The storm raged. And in Scripture, a storm can picture an advancing army or it can picture the judgment of God. And God's arrows were like the lightning. His voice was like the thunder, the wind, like the angry breath of his nostrils. No wonder his enemies fled in terror. David didn't see himself as a great commander of a victorious army, but he saw himself as God's servant who trusted Jehovah to win the victory. He gave all the glory to God. Verse 17, he says, God reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Isn't that an incredible verse, by the way? The Lord delights in you, child of God. The Lord delights in you. He loves you, his son. He loves you, his daughter. He has saved you and will save you, his precious little one. Stop worrying. Stop running. Stop being afraid. Stop going on your feelings. Start lifting your eyes and crying out to your God. Start looking back <coughs> and seeing your safe place. The Lord is your safe place, your rock, your fortress, your deliverer. Sing your song of salvation 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. But let's quickly move on, because in verses 21 through 30, we find the God who sustains, the God who saves, now the God who sustains. Not only did David know God in a very personal and saving relationship, he also knew him in a sustaining relationship. God had delivered his soul from death, and he had delivered David from harm and danger on many, many occasions. God has sustained him in times of temptation, in te times of testing, in times of trial. Verse 21, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. Now, I don't know about you, but actually I find that unbelievable. He is saying that God saw him as righteous, as blameless, and free from sin. This concept may uh, seem even harder to believe, if not altogether false. How can David possibly say that he is free from sin, especially after committing adultery with Bathsheba and ordering the murder of her husband Uriah? Moreover, uh, since David declared in Psalm 51 that his sin was ever before him, isn't he simply contradicting himself? Well, the real question is, how can any of us claim to be righteous and blameless in the sight of God? How can any one of us claim to be free from sin? And the answer, of course, is that we are blameless in the sight of God, not because we've never sinned, but because we've been forgiven. And David declares in Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And the greatest deliverance in David's life, the greatest deliverance in any of our lives is deliverance from sin. It's deliverance from everything that separated us from God, a del deliverance that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. David believes that God can and indeed has forgiven him. God has taken his sin and he's removed it as far as the east is from the west. And friends, that is an amazing truth for us. God has removed our sin because of the death of Christ on the cross. All our sin, past, present, and future, is forgiven in Jesus. Now, that doesn't give us a license to keep on sinning, but it does offer us the assurance that God will forgive us when we confess our sin before him. 1 John 1 and 9, that great verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all of our sin and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, temptation still comes, but we have a God who sustains us through that. Look to him, trust in him, walk in his ways always. David is saying that God had enabled him to remain true to the Lord and to keep his word. Yes, he had failed at times, but he tried to live by God's word. When given the opportunity to slay Saul, remember, he <coughs> refused uh, because Saul was the Lord's anointed. When greatly troubled, he looked to the Lord. There were many times when David did not know which way to turn. In those times, God had been his guiding light. God had revealed the next step and the path time and again. Verse 29, you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. God had enabled David to enjoy victory over every enemy. David had been able to 
achieve the impossible time and time again because God had sustained him through every test, whether it was a lion or a bear or a giant, whether it was a king or a soldier or a son, God had allowed David to experience victory over every obstacle he faced in his life. Verse 30, with your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. David knew that God sustained him through his life. Friends, God sustains us. He guides us through life. He is our light and our salvation. He sustains us with His power. Remember Ephesians 3 and 20. Look to Him uh, always and above all else. Seek to follow His Word and live it out in practice. David's life has been one of conflict and battle since his young days. He has known the God who saves and sustains, and he's also known the God who gives him strength. In verses 31 through 49, we find David saying of the God who strengthens now. David again praises God for who he is, this time declaring that his word is flawless and his ways perfect. He then mentions uh, God being our shield and rock again uh, before asking for who is God besides uh, the Lord. And it's in verse 33 that he declares it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. David understands two things here. He understands that every victory he enjoyed in life came from the hands of a very gracious God. And secondly, he understands that every circumstance in his life was God's training ground for future effectiveness. And those are important lessons. Human nature is such that we are quick to blame others for anything that goes wrong in our life and just as quick to take credit for those things that go right. No matter what goes wrong, a car accident, a downturn on the market, a diminished crop yield, or an argument with our spouse even, and we're sure to look for someone to blame. And when we can't find somebody to blame, guess what? We blame God. On the other hand, when things go well, when we avoid an accident, when we make a killing on the market, when we have a bumper crop, when we have a great weekend with our spouse, we will walk taller and swell with pride at our accomplishment. David has learned to do just the opposite. David takes responsibility for his failures, and he praises God for his successes. He recognizes that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every delight is a gift from God. Friends, what an incredibly important lesson for us to learn, to stand up and to take responsibility for our mistakes, our faults, our failures, to seek the Lord's forgiveness and help with them, and then to praise God for all of the good in our lives, the accomplishments, the blessings. David recognized the Lord's protection, the Lord's provision and preparation, the Lord's promotion in his life. This passage is a delight in alliteration, by the way. Just as an aside, David declares the Lord to be his strength, his source of power in verse 33. In verses 35 to 37, he declares that the Lord had taught him the art of war. God had instructed David in the tactics necessary for victory. The lessons had served David well, and even in the heat of battle, David stood firm. Then in verses 38 to 49, he praises God for making him great and doing great things through him. 
God had taken David from obscurity and had elevated him over the nation of Israel. God had elevated David far above all his opponents. Every enemy had been placed under David's feet, and he had walked in absolute victory over all his foes. In God's strength, David had victory over his enemies. He recounts those victories in these verses, remembering that it was the Lord that enabled him to do it. It's important for us to remember the victories that God has given us. They are reassurance for us during times of discouragement. They are faith builders during times of doubt. Write down the victories. Go back and remember them when times are tough. David is then able to praise God for all of this. Verse 47, he declares, The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, the rock, my Savior. Friends, keep singing God's praise. He is the God who saves, the God who sustains, the God who strengthens. And just lastly, look at verses 50 and 51 and see the God who secures. Therefore, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, I will sing praises to your name. In light of all of this, as I look back on my life and see your hand at work, David says, I will praise you. Your hand has led and guided. Your hand has kept and protected. You have pardoned and provided. David sees that his past has been a time of absolute security. There was never a moment he was alone, never a moment God did not guide There was never a moment God was not working out his perfect plans in and through David's life. So take some time. Take some time to look back at your life. See the ways God has saved and sustained, strengthened, and secured you. You've never been alone. You've always been loved. God delights in you. He has chosen you. He has called you. He is changing you. David also looks around at the present. He sees what he has just come through. Four Philistine giants defeated on top of the one from earlier in his life and career. Five stones picked from the brook, remember? God's still at work protecting, providing, being present with. David knows that God has been his security in days past. And he knows the safest place today is still in the very will of God. In the presence of God. Friends, we do not need fear what today brings. For God is there beside us. He has been our security in days past, and He is our security today as well. He is our shield, our shelter, our strong tower. Keep looking to Him. Keep resting secure in Him. But David also looks ahead here. He concludes this psalm with these words. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. David knew that God would secure the future just as he had secured his past and his present. David saw beyond his own life too. He recognized that God's goodness would extend to future generations. God had made a covenant with David, remember, back in 2 Samuel 7. He said, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever And in this final verse, David reveals that his confidence and security is much more long-lasting than just during his own lifetime. He knows that as God has shown him loving kindness in the past, 
He will show it to his descendants, and thus these blessings of which he has spoken are eternal. God has not only kept his promise to David, protecting him from those who would destroy him, establishing his throne, God will also install the one who fulfills the Davidic covenant, God's anointed one, the Messiah. Friends, we are secure in Christ. Our hope is in Christ alone. He has saved us from our sin. He was raised to life, defeating sin and hell and evil. He is preparing a place for us now in glory, and He's coming back to take us to be with Him for all eternity. He continues to show His loving kindness to His children. We are His children. He is our God. What a wonderful and an amazing song. And we could take an awful lot more time in there but we've done it. We've done 51 verses in half an hour. David's song of salvation. David looked back at his life, both immediate and future back, uh, and further back still, and saw God's hand in it all. He recognizes his failures, but more importantly, God's victories. And so he sings of the God who saves, the God who sustains, the God who strengthens, and the God who secures. When we take time to stop and look at our lives, we too can actually sing a very similar song. Oh, our lives are somewhat different than David's, but many of the themes are familiar. We fall, we fail, we sin, we struggle to get back up, but God is faithful and he saves. He still sustains, he still strengthens, and he still secures. Friends, as this new year continues, let's look back with thanksgiving. And let's look forward in faith. Let's thank God for our salvation through Christ's sacrificial atoning death on the cross. And let's move forward seeking to walk in his ways. Let's look to the Lord, lean on him, learn of him, love him, and importantly, live for him in all of these coming days. And maybe, just maybe, we need to sing a wee song of salvation ourselves. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for these wonderful and amazing words. We thank you that we, over these months, have seen David's life. We've seen how you've uh, worked in and through him. We've seen how you've sustained him and strengthened him, how you've saved him and secured him, how you've helped him. And yet, Lord, we've also seen a man who is just like us, a human being who is prone to sin, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, wrote the hymn hymn writer. And Lord, we are the same, prone to wander from the God we love, prone to give in to temptation and sin, prone to struggle and to fall into a deep pit on our own. Lord, would you help us to learn the lessons of Scripture? Would you help us to be like David, to call out to our God and to recognize that he is our rock and our redeemer? Father God, we thank you for all of your promises in Scripture, that great promise never to leave us or to forsake us, that promise that that work you've begun in us, that good work you've begun in us, that you'll carry on to completion even until the day of Christ Jesus. So Lord, we pray that you would continue to be faithful to us and that you would help us to be faithful to you. Lord, help us to sing our songs of salvation as we declare our trust and faith in a great and a glorious God. Allow these words, Father God, to rest in our minds. Help us to process them over these coming days. 
Help us to apply them to our lives and to live in light of them. And may all this be for your glory and your honor. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.